My name is Steve. I'm one of the pastors here at Bethel, and I'm excited to be with you today. Um, one of the things I always ask as I speak is, I need your help. So you can't sit back and fall asleep. I'll feel so hurt if you do. Um, when I ask you for something, I need you to do it. If I ask you to raise your hand, please raise your hand if it applies to you. Um, I need your feedback, or I'm just talking to a dead room. So can you help me out today? All right. That's what I'm talking about. Um, I really want to thank all of you. Uh, tomorrow is five weeks since my, since my wife, Anne, had her spinal fusion surgery. So that I was, I was a tough surgery, but she's come through it really well. And hopefully in about another three weeks, she can start her six weeks of physical therapy. So on behalf of my wife, Anne, who's watching and uh, at home, and on behalf of my family, we just want to say thanks for the love, the care that you have shown us, and thanks for praying for us in all this. We're grateful. So thank you so much. Today we're going to continue our summer short series. That's why I'm wearing my shorts. And today we're going to be talking about the title, What to Do When You Don't Know What to Do. And today, here's our roadmap. We're going to unpack two short verses. We'll reflect on our heart health, and then we'll end up with some practical suggestions that I hope will be helpful. Um, so thanks again for helping me out. And I'm going to ask if possible, if it's possible for Tech Team to raise the lights. I love to see all your beautiful faces out there. And I love to look into your eyes. So that, that'll help me out a little bit. So the two verses, thank you. The two verses we're going to be looking at today are the following. And they may be familiar to, to you. They're out of Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. That is a lot harder to do at times than what it sounds. We each walked into the service today carrying something, didn't we? Some of us are carrying some pretty, pretty heavy stuff. I'm not sure what you carried into the service today, but what I do know is that tough times come in all shapes and sizes. For some of you, it might be an unexpected health diagnosis or a lot of frustrations at work. Maybe you're grieving a loss, and I've talked to people this morning that have been grieving a loss after a loss after a loss. Or maybe you're trying to recover from a personal failure in your life. Maybe you're angry and you're confused because you were really trusting God to come through on something and you just feel like he's let you down. Or maybe it's that pesky, persistent addiction that keeps nipping at your ankles. Maybe it's a mental health challenge or a personal regret. Maybe you're drowning in debt. Or maybe it's the growing emotional distance in a real important relationship in your life. Maybe with a child, an adult child, with a spouse. Someone that you love, and it feels like the relationship is slowly slipping away. Today, here is the invitation from God himself. He's inviting you to lean in and to trust him no matter what you are going through. So we start with our verse, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And the whole idea of trust, to define it, it's an assured reliance on the character, reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone. Trust is something that we take for granted until it's broken. You ever notice that? You don't even notice that it's there. 
But when it's broken, you know it's broken. And sooner or later in our broken world, what I can tell you is someone will let you down or you will let someone down. That is our life experience. But in contrast, I love this verse. Look at it. It describes how completely trustworthy God is. And here's your part. So you're going to read it with me real loud. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. Let's do that one more time. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. And can you see that little guy standing up there on the rock? Do you notice? Does that look familiar? (laughs) That was me. I found this rock at a beach in South Africa in 2019, and there were these massive boulders, and I climbed to the top of that, and it was so cool to look all around. And the thing that struck me was just how solid and stable that rock was. Nothing, nothing could move it. If you look in this verse, it says, Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is what kind of a rock? So as if a rock isn't hard enough and stable enough, It's the eternal rock that will never break apart, that will never fade away. It will always, always be there. God is unshakable. God is someone that we can always count on. So in a disillusioned world, often littered with broken trust, it is comforting that there is someone we can place our complete confidence in. Are there any superhero fans in the house? Alex, give me a superhero that you really like. Iron Man. Man. We had that last service too. Anyone else? Sherry. Wonder Woman. All right. Way to represent the women. Jacob. Captain America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone else have one that you're thinking of, but we don't have time to ask you? Okay. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, As a kid, didn't you always fantasize? At least I did, unless I just have this twisted weird mind. I just want to like rip open my shirt and become a superhero. I thought that was like the coolest thing that could just instantly transform. And that was a cool thought as a kid. But you know what? We kind of change sometimes. We become jaded. Sometimes as an adult, the last thing we want to do is rip open our shirt and let people see who we really are. What if people see who I really am, that I'm a fraud? Will they reject me? Will they even like me? So we hold on to secrets that hurt us and that prevent us from experiencing the healing that God already has waiting for us. No matter what deep pain you have gone through, no matter how big the betrayal you have experienced, no matter how hopeless you may be feeling today, God wants you to fully grasp that you can really trust him. You can be honest with who you are. You can be honest in your struggles. And here's the thing. He will not mock you. He will not laugh at you. He will not turn up his nose at you in disgust. Instead, he'll reach out to you and he'll offer to hug you. So why? Because he created you. And he has placed infinite value on you. He knows everything about you. He knows every thought you've ever had. 
He knows every thought you ever will have. He knows every action that you have ever done. You know what that means? That means that he knows the great stuff about you. Do you know what that also means? He knows the very worst about you. And you know what? He still chooses to love you and me and invite us into a close relationship with him. That's a beautiful thing. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us. When? 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 While we were yet sinners, before we cleaned up our act, before we realized that we even had a struggle, Christ died for us. God sent his son to die for us because of his great love. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Someday, when I die, what I want on my tombstone is God loves you more than you can ever begin to imagine. That has been something that, when I fully gripped it, revolutionized my life. It revolutionized my relationship with God. One of our enemy's greatest strategies is to get us to doubt God's complete and perfect love for you. Like it's something you got to really earn. You can't earn love. He freely offers it. He freely gives it. So how are we to trust God? We're to trust God with what? With our whole heart. Not just a part of it, our whole heart. And when you come across the term heart in the Bible, it's often used to describe what we call the command center of our life. Our emotions, our will, our mind. The command center. And in fact, that area of our lives is so important that Proverbs goes on to say, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So I have a question for you today. How is your heart doing? And just like I asked the last service, I want you to put your hands out. I want you to bring it back into your shirt. And don't really do this, please. We're going to act it out. And pretend you're ripping your shirt open. You're doing the Superman move. Thanks for not really doing it. And what you're doing is you are opening up your heart. You're, you're asking God, Lord, check my heart out. I know you love me. I know you've seen me at my worst, so I know I can trust you with what you're going to see. I'm going to open. Let's do it. One time. We're going to open up our heart. So I just try to brainstorm. What kind of hearts can there be? What kind of heart conditions? So here are a number of heart conditions. One is the self-reliant heart. This is the, the, the uh, heart that says, I do it myself. I do it myself. Some of you have kids that do that, right? They're like three years old. I do it myself. At first, this heart can be, seem like a really good, good heart because um, it's so self-sufficient, uh, so self-reliant. You take responsibility, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You're really working hard to do it all yourself. The problem with this kind of a heart is it leaves very little room for God because what? It's so full of yourself. There's no room left for God. There's another kind of heart called a divided heart, and this is a heart that gets divided by distractions. We're all surrounded by so many distractions. Many of you know that King Solomon was one of the wisest kings in the Old Testament, and God came to him when he was young and said, I will give you anything you ask. What would you ask? And instead of riches, instead of all these other things, King Solomon, young King Solomon said, 
I want wisdom. Give me wisdom. And he was a wise king. But he didn't end up a wise king. He became a foolish king because his heart became divided by distractions. Many of you know that if you fill in the blank, what would you put there? How should it be completed? When Solomon was old, his what turned him away from God? It wasn't his heart, really. It was his wives. Because he was a prominent king, he would make treaties with other countries. And as he did that, they would exchange their daughters as brides in order to protect the alliance. And so he had 700 wives. He had 300 concubines. He was a man surrounded by distraction. And many of the wives brought their foreign gods with them. And he began to worship the foreign gods of his wives. So the question that I have for you today, and this is just for you to think in your own heart, if you were to fill in that blank, what is your distraction today? This past week, what are you being distracted by? Man, Instagram reels? You find one, and there's another one. But I think the next one will be really interesting. I I just can't stop. There's another one. Um, Is it a shore house? Is it your hobby? Is it a really good thing, but it can overtake your life? Is it a relationship? What is your distraction? There's another kind of heart. I'd call it the battered heart. And if you've gone to the the shore, you see the the arcades, and they have these things called whack-a-mole, the game. And there's this big mallet, and there's like eight or ten different holes. And these moles just randomly pop their heads up out of these holes. And you want to like smack the mole, and you smack the mole, and you smack the mole. Um, I always like that game. That's old school arcade games. But you might feel today like you're, you're the mole. Each time you stuck your head out to trust others, what happened? You got whacked on the head. So you're not too sure if you can really trust God now. Because your trust muscle has been so beat up. Then there's the heart of stone. This is a cold, impenetrable, stubborn, and unrepentant heart. So we shut God out and we shut others out as well. And having a heart of stone is a miserable thing. It makes life harder than it has to be. So turning back to God can be a huge, courageous step. There's another heart. I'll call it the stuck heart. And this is where you want to pursue God with everything. You're pursuing a relationship with him, but it just feels so dry. You feel like your prayers just go up to the ceiling and bounce right down. You feel so far from God, even though you want to be so close to him. So does anyone want any good news today? Does anyone want any good news today? Yeah. So here's the good news. God is not in the behavior modification business. He is in the heart transformation business. And he wants to transform our hearts. No matter if you have a heart of stone, whether you have a stuck heart, whether you have a battered heart, he wants to transform your heart. And in Ezekiel we read, this is what God says to Israel, I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. So be encouraged. God wants to transform our hearts. He wants to transform the command center of your soul if we're willing to let him do that. So Proverbs 3 goes on to say this. Don't lean on your own understanding. Do you realize just how flawed our understanding is? 
I mean, in my life, throughout my life, I realize I've, my understanding has been pretty flawed, but the thing that really, if I say there's the defining moment of stupidity, my own understanding, would be symbolized by this rake. A simple tool, but yet deadly. <laughs> so um, there was a time when I was 12 years old, and I'd been working in the yard, and we had to go somewhere. So everyone was in the car, and my dad had asked me to go and put the rake away. And it was a similar kind of a rake. It was a garden rake with some really tough teeth here. And then it was a long, hollow metal handle. And um, everyone, so my dad's honking the car, but he told me to go put the rake away. And I'm running over there, and I'm thinking, in Steve's failed, flawed understanding, if I just bend over and pick it up, I'm going to waste too much time. Be a lot easier if I just step on the rake. If I just step on the rake, if I just step on the rake, and it comes up. The rake wasn't coming up. So what did Steve do in his understanding? He jumped on the rake. He jumped on the rake. It came up, and I had my hands ready to catch it. It came right through my hands. And honestly, I, I didn't see it until it hit me. It happened so fast. It was like in a cartoon. If I had taken my lips and pulled it a little bit, it would have ripped all the way down. I had a gut, four stitches. It almost knocked out a tooth. So much for my wise understanding. Often our understanding can be plain stupid. So the last part of our passage encourages us to do this. Read it with me. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Not just some of your ways, but in all your ways. So I want to share some practical suggestions of how we can acknowledge God in all our ways. The first one is, do it with me again. Grab that shirt. Let's open it up. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you where you aren't acknowledging God. Why don't you ask him? Don't try and figure out yourself. Ask him. He knows. Psalm 139 is a great example. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. Point out in me anything that offends you and lead me along the paths of everlasting life. Another thing we can do is we can invite God into each situation, acknowledging that he ultimately knows best. How many of you are going through something now that is pretty overwhelming? A lot of hands, a lot of overwhelming stuff. I want you to think about something. If you think that you are hopeless or helpless in your situation, that is a lie from Satan. Every day you wake up, God is giving you an opportunity to boldly be confident with his help to make a really great choice. Or you can make a really foolish choice that will make your overwhelming dilemma even worse. Does that make sense? You have an opportunity to make a really, really great choice. You are not powerless. With God's help, you can make a great choice. Ask God to show you what that choice is and then ask him to give you the courage to take that step. How many of you have ever lost your keys? Oh, it's the worst. And then you get like a tag on it. But then like three years later, you finally really lose your keys and the, the battery's dead. So it doesn't help you. That's happened to me. What I find is when I go through different situations, what I'm trying to do now is I'm trying to go to God first. When the things are little, 
God, I just can't find my keys. Like, could you help me out? I'm really frustrated. Help me with my attitude because I'm really ticked off about this. Go to God early. A lot of times, what do we do? We go to God all the way at the end when we've been looking for five hours and now we're desperate. So we put the God call in, right? Go to God first. That's how we can acknowledge him in all our ways. Spend time with God reading the Bible and growing your relationship with him. If you don't read the Bible, you will not know what is real and what is true. And our warped understanding will only continue to be more warped. When you read scripture, when you spend time with God, when you take time to listen to him, you'll be able to claim his promises like he has promised to never leave me or forsake me. He's promised to complete the good work that he started in me. And then when you spend time with God, take time and listen for the promptings that God has for you. Then surround yourself with great people. When I go through tough times, sometimes this is kind of what I do. I just kind of withdraw and, uh, and get isolated. Instead, ask God to give you courage to move towards great people. Don't, don't, don't go through a tough time all by yourself. We have something at Bethel called B-groups. They're small little communities, small groups that get together to help us grow in our relationship with God, to get close with each other so we can make a difference in our world. This fall, you'll be hearing more about it in September. Try a B-group. See what it's like walking in life with people alongside of you. And then you heard Ariel's right here. She leads Deborah's Palm, September 27th. 29th. September 29th. You'll be hearing about it soon. It's a way for all of our women to gather together, to be together as a family. And then warrior men in November coming up. We'll have an event just for our men. Men, don't walk alone. Walk. Come alongside of other guys. We'll have a lot of laughs, some good food. Don't be alone. Take care of your body. This is a basic. Exercise. The more you exercise, the less you tend to be depressed because your body's getting a workout. Sleep. Eat your food and hydrate. It sounds basic, but if you don't do those things, we trust God less when we are tired, hungry, and run down. Then figure out what brings you joy. For me, it's F for football (laughs) or S for soccer. When I am on the soccer field, there's a bunch of guys that I've been getting together with, and Phil in the back, who leads our tech team, is one of the guys I play with. We have this field called our Field of Dreams. We rent it out throughout the year for eight months. And when I'm on that field, I'm in my happy place. The world stands still. There's not a thought in my mind. I'm young again. I'm having fun. And it's almost like an act of worship. I'm doing what God created me to do that I've done on my entire life that I just enjoy. It puts me in a good spot. I'm acknowledging God in my life. And then the thing that I put last, and these weren't in any order, but I I put this last on purpose because often the last thing we'll do is we'll go and ask someone's help. Right? Because we're just too proud to do it. Can I tell you something? Something I did about four and a half years ago, I started meeting with a counselor. I still meet with a counselor. It was the best thing I've ever done. I still meet once a month now with a counselor. Reach out to people that can help you in your life when you get stuck. So here's what I want you to do. Take out your phone. And what I want, yes, in church, take out your phone in church. I heard that. Sneaky comment. Snide remark. 
And what I want you to do is I want you to point it at the screen and I want you to take a picture. Okay, can we all get our phones out? That's great. You guys are good. All right, so this is what I'm asking you to do this week. Sometime this week, take five minutes to pray through this list and to ask God to show you how you can acknowledge him more in your life. And just pick one of these things that he prompts you to do. And he might even prompt you to do something that's not even on this list. He might prompt you to reach out to someone that you had a falling out with and ask for forgiveness. So here's the beautiful thing. When you trust God with your heart and don't lean on your own understanding, but instead acknowledge God in all your ways, then he will do what? Then he will do what? Then he will do what? He will direct your paths. It doesn't mean that life will be easy, but it does mean that you will be guided by an unshakable God who loves you more than you can ever begin to imagine. Let's stand as we get ready to worship. And before we worship, I want you to reach out your hand and I want to pray a verse of blessing on you. So reach your hand out towards me as I reach out to you. So blessed are each of you who trust in the Lord who have made the Lord your hope and confidence. You are like trees planted along a river bank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Your leaves stay green and you never stop producing fruit. May you continue to trust the one who loves you most. May you keep leaning in to trust our God, the eternal, unshakable rock. Amen.